Man, too much money. <laughs> go ahead, man. Go ahead. Listen, I just work here, sir. That's it. That's all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the third episode of the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, Sometimes Disingenuous podcast, folks, where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. Today on the show, I can probably guarantee you it's going to be a little bit more disingenuous (laughs) than ingenuous. That is because I have my dear friend and brother on, Brandon. What's up, dog? What's good, bro? How you feeling, man? Hey, man, uh, another day, another dollar, another 15 cents. We got to change that. <laughs> we, 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 I need to see some residuals. We need to get to 50 at least, man. We yes. Get to 50 at least. Uh, not everybody can afford a million dollars worth of shoes that you have. So. Sir, I just work here. <laughs> I don't do anything else but that. I, I show up. I do what I'm I do what I'm supposed to. Something slides across my desk every now and again. That's what executives say. Um, (laughs) Yes, folks, me and Brandon met in 2016, I believe. Um, If you heard the first episode and you heard me talk about my former profession, where I talked about carrying a weapon, well, Brandon worked, me and him worked together. So uh, praise God that that life is over. Thank you, Black Jesus. <laughs> See, disingenuous already. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Black Jesus. Thank you, Black yes, Jesus. Yes, uh, me and Brandon, he, I wasn't close with a lot of people I used to work with, but he is one of the people that I still keep in touch with and somebody that I call a friend and a, I would say brother, but probably big brother because he's about 30 years older than me. Uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like 74? <laughs> so the reason why i asked brandon on you guys is because uh the last episode what we did with my best friend amber uh you know she talked about um a lot of topics dealing with black women dealing with women and as far as mental health and um you guys heard me say that i couldn't speak on that um because you know i'm not a woman so that is not my place but this time I am in my own territory and Brandon is one of the few men, especially few black men that I know who knows the importance of being emotionally vulnerable as a man knows what it's like to hide those feelings for a while. And they come out in not a good way. And uh, that's why we're so close because plenty of nights working at night, man, Uh, we used to work at night together. Uh, the yep. overnight shift and plenty of nights, man. You know, I talked him off a bridge. He talked me off a bridge. And whew. sometimes we stand on that ledge together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, first? three, jump. <laughs> but um, when I was getting this podcast together, y'all, Brandon was the one of the first men that I thought about reaching out to because he is not afraid to be transparent in his past. Um, You know, now. With the difference of the last episode, who I've known, Amber, I, like you guys heard me talk about, I knew her for 13, know her, known her for 13 years. Brandon, I've known a little less time than that. So his story is a little bit more brief in my mind. So that's why he's on here to talk about this. But yeah, man, um, what's up? Man, 
I could sit there and say life is good, but that'd be an understatement, honestly. Really? Yeah, yeah. I I can't say how blessed I truly am. Mm-hmm. And because at some point it does start to sound braggadocious, and that's the that's the last thing I, I ever want to sound. Mm-hmm. But to to underplay what not only God has been able to do for me, what my he God has embodied and empowered me to do allow me to do for my family what I never thought I would ever see in my lifetime personally. Wow. Wow. That's deep. So if your mommy, man, start from the top, man. So, you know, I know, uh, I see all them Jordans sitting behind you right now. You know, it's, it's, don't, 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 don't ignore that. Ignore that. Yeah, don't, don't worry yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, life, like, it's uh, like 10. Like <laughs> yeah okay it's 10 like... in one row <laughs> yeah man so uh start from the top man so you know you said uh the big man upstairs has led you a long way but where'd you come from you know for the most part born and raised southeast washington dc mm-hmm. um you know for the most part both parents were drug addicts mm-hmm. uh, father wasn't really around but mm-hmm. in most cases um mom was on you know her drug of choice was mainly crack uh, his was heroin, kind of raised by my grandmother, more so or less. Uh, grandma passed away when I was 12, um, ended up in foster care. From that point, kind of bounced out and around from foster care. Uh, you know, my mother tried to step back into place, but the relationship never, it never was the same. That's one thing I was, it never was the same. And it left a lot of scars. And I will always say this, to be a son without the capability to say without the capability or the ability to say the word mom and have a response from it it hurts and you don't realize how much it hurts until other things take place in life um fast forward a few years um you know i'm working doing whatever i can um i meet the my 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 then first wife we have two children both of those little people have trained me to understand uh, life don't do what you want it to. Mm-hmm. But if you stick with it, no matter what the circumstances, you will always be incredibly and more times than not pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I will honestly say me being a father has allowed me the capability to see, to become something so much more than I ever thought I could be, because I'll be completely honest with you. I could never sit there and comfortably say, yo, I, you know, I'll be a great dad. I couldn't be something I never saw. Well, I could never, I, could, I, did, I felt as though I could never be something I never had, never had an example of it. So it was always a difficult circumstance with trying to understand like, yo, what do I do here? Like, I don't, I don't fucking know how to do a lot of things. <laughs> right. that's, just, that's just coming from me as a, as a man's perspective. I do not, I'm not your prototypical dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I played football in high school for the shits and gigs of it. It was fun. But like for the most part, bro, I, I I'm not I'm not watching the game on Sunday. I'm probably gonna saddle up and watch, you know, cartoons or some comic book shit. Or I'm going to uh, allow myself to have fun with my video games or do something like that. Mm-hmm. So the quickest thing I always thought about was the factor of what do I I bring to the table as a father for my kids. I want to make sure they at least have their essentials. Um, they constantly push me into a place where I've only been able to elevate myself. And it, it's coming some scars. Don't get it twisted. Lord knows it's coming some growing pains. Um, fast forward from there a little bit. My first marriage kind of dissolved, disintegrated. And I end up running into the current woman I'm married to, the love of my life. 
I can honestly say that woman has propelled me to heights that I didn't know were even possible. Like real life, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from where I stand at, you don't realize that there are glass ceilings until you start crashing through them. Mm. Like imagine hitting a goal and you like, oh, okay, well, what's next? And then the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and the next. And you're just like, wait a second, this wasn't supposed to be, this wasn't supposed to be possible, not coming from where I came from. Right. The fact that I'm alive from this perspective is is a is a blessing. And nobody growing up where I grew up at actually is. They either gone or incarcerated. Mm. So um to to find not just a person who encouraged that but saw so much potential, I can honestly say the reason why I am where I am came from a large benefit of her believing in something that I didn't even know was there. And see, I, I, I um, knew this was going to get deep, but I didn't know this was going to get deep that damn fast. <laughs> it's crazy because like she says, she's, she sits there and tries to say all she did was encourage me. But I'm like, you don't realize like that's that's the that's the equivalent of sitting there saying, well, all I did was water a flower. It's it's legitimately the equivalent of sitting there saying, well, all I did was water this rose. All I did was make sure I had sunlight. All I did was make sure that, you know, the area around it was clean you these 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 plants win awards and prestige beyond our means and, and honestly speaking i i'm still in growth mode like i'm still growing and it's come from the fact of surrounding yourself not just by a circle of individuals but the, your your right hand your rib your your ace your your partner your heart your left lung whatever you want to call it the woman closest to you believing in something inside of you that you, you can't even realize you didn't know existed. That shit is almost, it's almost unbelievable. And it hasn't come without its pains and it's and my own ignorances. And going back to what I said before, the, the circumstance of not having, calling out the word mom and not having a response. And not because the person is off this earth, but because the person chooses not to. You know, uh, that makes me think about a quote. Um, it's not really the same thing, but it's like in the same sport. Uh, Malcolm X, um, in his autobiography, he had said that betrayal is often worse than death because Oof. you can conceive death. You have no yep. choice but to wrap your mind around it and live with it. This person left not on their own accord, right. but, you know, they, they didn't have a choice. But when someone betrays you. Um, that was a choice. Yeah, that was a choice. And, and they're still here. So and, it's, and it stings because we always try to go for this line of like, well, I just want closure. I just want to I just want to understand. No, we want to satiate some small part of us that wants to give a reason why they did what they did and hopefully not feel as bad. But at the end of the day, shitty people just kind of live in this world. Yeah. I, I honestly couldn't see it being any other way. Like I, when I look back on my life, yeah, I do. You know, I do wonder like, God damn, what would have happened if I, if this would have did this or if this would have did this. So if I'd have made this turn instead of this turn, if I'd have went this way instead of that way, at the end of the day, there's no regret behind it because everything that I am has made me who I am. Mm. Everything that I've been through has made me exactly who I am and has put me exactly in the place where I sit right now. And I couldn't be more blessed and more thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's uh 
I go lie to you. I didn't know you was gonna get this deep with it. God damn. I mean, nah, we 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 just talking. We, we just here. talking. Yeah, we just, we just talking. We just talking. Um, the the point where you touched on where you said, um, and I'm paraphrasing you, huh. but you would talk basically about how with with your father not being there, there were certain things that you didn't know how to do. Of course not. Um. Now, as close as me and you are, you know, of course, we come from two different backgrounds. Facts. And, you know, my father has always been there. And I remember, you know, this man taught me how to tie a tie when I was 10. Uh, taught me how to cut my own hair, probably younger than that. Um, you know, taught me to open a car door for a woman. Taught me to walk on the side of the street. Taught me to stand up, you know, at a dinner table um, when she... Uh, stands up even taught me to kindly request from her what she would like when y'all are sitting at the restaurant so when the waitress comes you tell her what the both of you guys want so she doesn't even have to do that right so growing up you know i just shit man i, I thought this was just customary so yeah. you know there's a lot of stigmas on men uh, especially black men that, you know, why don't you know how to do this? And why don't you know how to do that? And da, 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 da. And, you know, I used to be a part of that narrative. Where I'm like, man, how do you not know how to do this until I started mentoring uh, big brothers and big sisters in the Berry Farms Rec Center? Mm. And I am from Waldorf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I am from Waldorf, Maryland, you know. And I remember there was this kid named Javon. And uh really good kid. He just actually graduated from Stanford. Um, that yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah, man. Really was really happy to hear that. And then I That's remember incredible. this kid taught me a lot of shit, man. I remember one time he kept being late. And, man, you know me. I'm punctual as hell. Oh, yeah. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Time is of the essence at time all times. Time is of the essence. <laughs> like, at all times. You know. And so, you know, I said, man, why are you always late, man? And he basically got upset and was like, you don't understand. And he's this kid ended up telling me that he had to catch like four or five different buses around the city, because if he caught the bus taking the shortest way to the rec center, it's a chance he'd get killed in a neighborhood that he wasn't supposed to be in. So that was reality check number one. And this is a you know, I was like, God damn, I, I took the cheese bus, you know yeah and again like you know i'm, I'm gonna get back to your story it's just no no like please this, please you, you, you kind of put some of the perspective and so you know um another time we were teaching in professional dress for job interviews stuff like that and you know he said hey big bro i, I don't know how to tie a tie this kid was 15 16 years old i think in my head i'm like how does he not know how to tie a tie so you know i said oh, no problem man i got you so I'm tying this tie for him. And he was like, man, who taught you how to tie a tie? So my father did. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, I, I keep hearing that. You know, my you know, my father wasn't around. So, you know, I, I don't really know how to tie one. And man, that fucked me up right there. That's it's, when it, mm -hmm. it's those little moments where you realize how blessed you truly are yeah. without realizing. Like that, like my grand, I was blessed enough when my grandfather, he taught me how to tie a tie. Mm -hmm. He taught me how to tie a tie. He taught me how to tie a tie when I was 10 years old. So around about the same time. But it was it was one of those things where it was just like when I look at the relationship between me and my daughter, and 
more so or less, even me and my son, I'm legitimately jealous of the relationship that I have with them because I'm not able to have it with my father. Damn. Like, like, like really, really unpack that. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can only imagine on my end. (laughs) and, and, And the thing is, I hear you talk about your father in a way where like this man, seems larger than life like mm-hmm. legitimately speaking the, b- between the paintings between being a man who knew what the word man meant before it got so frayed right it it hits because you're sitting there like damn what well, you start i personally started to wonder like damn well, was i not good enough to ever have that mm-hmm. was i not ever deserving enough to have that well, shit, and, man, make me feel bad. No, 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 no. Here's, here's the thing. It's a, a blessing because at the end of the day, these are questions I had to I had to find my own answers to. At right. the end of the day, I kept wondering, because keep this in mind, I am one of eight on my, on my, uh, my father passed away. Literally, he passed away seven days before my daughter was born. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's been gone for almost 13 years. Um in that same focus, I am one of eight from my father's side. Three of us were born in the same year, 1986. That's, yeah, 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 stick with it. Yep, stick with it. He said stick with it. Stick with it. And I am the middle, I was born in the middle of that year. Now, here's the interesting part, though. I was his only son. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. And it's crazy because you you sit back and I, I used to sit back and wonder like, damn, it's only one of me, but he still found time to, you know, make for my my other siblings when he when he when he wanted to. Um it would bother me because I'm like, damn, I'm I'm the only boy here. I'm the only young man here. Am I not good enough just just in that regards? Am I missing something? Right. And I had to do so much digging and destruction and 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 rebuilding and still destruction and then rebuilding to try to figure out why I always felt as though I was never good enough. Mm. And that's a damn hard thing for a young man to have to run through, especially in a world where. You're looking at the circumstances as a young black man, where statistics, realistically speaking, for men who grew up in my kids who grew up in my area, me making it to my 16th birthday was a milestone. Mm. Me making it to my 18th birthday was a milestone. Me making it to my 21st birthday was just how all right, there's a blessing in there. It's but then of. it's unheard of. And then to tack on the fact of no, no police record, no arrest record, no nothing that would scar me from moving forward in the future. That was, that was one of those moments in time where it was just like, I, there's something bigger here and I still don't fully understand it at the age of 35. I still don't fully understand or wrap my head around it, but I will say I am doing my best to go through whatever God has planned for me. And in the midst of that, still trying to unwrap and unpack all the all the, the 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 irritation, the pain, the 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 you name it. Considering the fact of not just have not just having your father, but not just having your mother as well. So to feel essentially orphaned in that circumstance, like, but like, damn, what 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 would happen? Right, like, what genuinely happened? Um, it's wild because 
I always, I'll, I'll never forget this. Quick question. Did you have a good childhood or are you funny? Is that rhetorical? It's no, it's a, it's a legitimate question in a sense of when you figure out the answer, it lets you know, because unpack what I just said. Did you have a good childhood or are you funny? Uh, I had a good childhood. People use humor to filter their pain through that prism of comedy. Oh, wow. I didn't know that's where you were going with it. That's why when people sit there and say, yo, did you have a good childhood or are you funny? I'm one of the funniest people I personally know. And I'm like, yes, I, that, <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I've been, and I've been told that more times than not, because where I dig from a lot of times is, is a place of pain. Right. And you, I'd never thought about it. I never paid attention to it. I like, know nah, you just in the harshest moments and times I'm sitting there usually about to crack a joke. Like I'll never forget. We got called over to my grandmother's house. And this is when we found out my father at that, at that time had died. He had a heart attack. He passed away. And How old was your father? Just curious. Um, maybe fifty one ish. Wow, that's young. He he, bro. I can't make this up. He was literally jogging on a Wheeler Road, and he had a heart attack. Not even a mile from my grandfather's house that he was living in. Wow. And I'll never forget. I mean, I'm I'm in the living room. My whole family's sitting there, and everybody's kind of like crying and kind of real somber, and everybody's kind of being consoled in one way or the other. And I remember I had gave him my computer to work on and I never got my computer back. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> in the midst of that time, I'm sitting there like he packed, like, I was like, yo, he's really, really gone. And everybody's like, yeah, I was like, damn. So who's going to give me my laptop? <laughs> <laughs> and the looks I got was just like, was this, was this too soon? Was this no, too, too soon? Terrible. All right, all right, all right, fair enough. I'll, if if I'll, I'm I'll not wait. mistaken, and this show is about full transparency. Of course. <laughs> yep. If I'm not mistaken, didn't you say you fell asleep at the funeral? So, <laughs> which brings me to my next point. Yeah. I I remember so folks I, real quick this is why it's called the sometimes disingenuous podcast. I told you it's going to get bad for it's, it it's, it's 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 going to get it's going to get real raw it's going to get real raw <laughs> and, 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 and this is going to get real bad real fast um it's interesting because the the weekend of his of his burial of his funeral <sighs> That Thursday, my daughter had just been born, which was July 9th. That Friday was my birthday, July 10th. And he was buried on July 11th, which was that Saturday. Whenever I tell anybody that, I call it the world's greatest weekend. <laughs> and people be like, the fuck are you mean? I was like, listen, I couldn't stack this up in a, in a, in a better way. Because when I started, <laughs> it was like, yo, what is wrong with you? I was like, no, nah, like, really think about it. There was a life that came in <laughs> there there was there was a life that came in the day before i had the moment of recognizing where i was sitting at in my present point mm. and there was an exit of life on the other end and weirdly enough it was all through the same line like i could that couldn't be written any better way that was bro that's god's pen if i ain't if, if nonetheless <laughs> but i go to the funeral um i'm sitting up front and, and I'm, i think i'm probably like in the second row and I'm kind of sitting there, and I'm just like, man, it was a long night. 
and I'm kind of nodding in and out as you know they 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 they're giving the the sermon or whatever. And I remember sitting up, like finally kind of snapping out of it. And in my in my right shirt pocket, I had a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember sitting in the second row of a funeral, eating a Snickers <laughs> at my father's funeral. And <laughs> and the worst part about it was. Like, I'm thinking, all right, nobody can really see me. They're video recording it. So when I get a copy of the DVD, all you see is me sitting at the front doing this. <laughs> it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to uh, be me. I'm always going to be me. Um, <laughs> that is definitely true. I'm always going to be me. And and folks, um, I have been out with Brandon and his wife together. His wife is the female version of Brandon. <laughs> little less pain, little less little pain. Less pain. Little but, less pain. But in all actuality, something that I desire my damn self because the two of these people together, yo, you think I'm crying now? But anyway, <laughs> it's 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 that moment. But it, like I, you know, I had that moment of like, yo, it's a good ass Snickers bar, but. As they begin to set up for, um, you know, the repass or whatever, um, I remember sitting at the table with the family, and I guess you know he had a bunch of friends around, and a guy walked up and he shook my hand. He was like, "Hey, how, how'd you know June?" I'm like, "He, wow. uh, he was my dad." And they just <laughs> like, he's like, "You his son? Nah, June ain't had no son." I'm like, "He definitely did." <laughs> and he was like, "Nah, June didn't have no son. Like, he, we would have known if he had a son." And Every time I have to sit there and validate the fact that you're like, nah, I was his son. He then brought more people in to kind of like, nah, yo, did you know June had a son? <laughs> and before I knew it, I, I'm standing there amidst of anywhere between three to five people validating the fact that like, obviously the face looks exactly like the nigga. Like, what do you want from me? Right. And I, I kind of just kind of grabbed my cousin. I was like, I got to go. And he was like, where you going? I was like, I can't stay here any longer. I can't be here. He was like, all right, well, I'm coming with you. So I hugged my grandma and uh, she was like, where are you going? I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And everybody's thinking, oh, you know, Brandon's more emotional. He's, you know, he's, ha- he's having a break. Like he, he feels something. You just don't understand. Like everything that I tried to work through the fact of not having to have that shit smashed into your face like that. Right. To not even be a thought to to the people who were essentially closest to him like damn this is where we are yeah so it kind of it kind of drilled a point home that i didn't i didn't know i uh i needed or wanted and you, in any you way were how I, old again <sighs> 2023 that's young to be unpacking all that 23 years old and i had to eat that so i uh i found me some time and I went and I went at that time. I think I went back to the hospital and just kind of sat with, you know, my baby girl and and then her mom. So it it's those moments in time where like I'm I'm learning things now so I can teach to to my kids, whether it be, you know, hey, this is how you change a tire or uh, this is how you do an oil change or hey, listen, this is how uh, we just bought a house. So now I'm doing things around here like this is how you mount a shelf. Right. This is how you measure it out, and this is how you check for you know the stud and all those different things. And these aren't things that I know. YouTube University is a bitch, though. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube <laughs> University is a blessing, but it's one of the things where it's like I, 
I can't constantly sit on the heels of, I don't know. So it is what it is. No, I got to figure it out because everything kind of starts here. Everything is starting kind of where I sit. And when I think about the fact of being one of the two roots for the tree that will essentially become our family, our legacy, our lifelines, that's a, it's a heavy weight, but I, I think it's one of those things where I, I look forward to it with so much joy because my kid's going to be able to say a lot of shit about me. Daddy was, daddy was mean or daddy was rude or daddy just made (laughs) jokes all the time. He always, he did a lot of shit, but I all, I never want to hear the words, you know, daddy wasn't there. Yeah. And half the battle is just being here. All right. So the, the, the abstraction that you brought up about humor have being a man, especially like a black man, like have you found other ways to filter everything you've been through other than like humor yes it is a necessity because you can't always laugh at everything mm-hmm. and as you get older you start to realize like ah maybe i shouldn't have did that maybe i shouldn't have said that maybe that wasn't the right time for a joke you have to know more than what you know and i know that sounds crazy but it's like there uh, what was how was it said in boondocks there are known knowns there are known mm, unknowns, unknowns. <laughs> and then, and there's unknown unknowns. Unknown. And I, I, a lot of times as you transfer, as you grow into a better person or as you grow into the next version of yourself, you're treading in that territory of unknown unknowns so much more than you're comfortable with that. It's, 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 it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. And you're also trying to break things that have been ingrained in you. Like, yo, you can't be no bitch. Stop crying. Oh, there um, you go. Uh, uh, boys don't do this. You want to be a man, don't you? Like these are things that not just other men say to young men, but mothers, women say this shit. Yes. Yeah. Like women say this shit. And it's just like, yo, you you say this to a man, and then you wonder why we're emotionally stunted and we don't know how to express what we feel, or the worst case of it when we finally do open up to you about something that is genuinely painful or terrifying or, or gripping in a way where it's like, yo, you, I've, I've, I've pulled back a scar that I covered up for so long. And then you then in turn weaponize it in the, at the next opportunity. Yeah. Bruh, the, that makes you, it, it, it didn't validate the fact of, all right, this is why I don't say shit. Mm-hmm. This is where I don't say shit. And you turn into essentially just another another walking corpse yeah man um that is a very very toxic mentality that i hope goes away soon because you have a lot of parties that are responsible you have men you have women black people deal with it white people deal with it um and i try to tell women all the time that men are more emotionally unstable um because like you said from childhood you know we're told that you know like men don't cry men aren't supposed to do this and men aren't supposed to do that and it's like the point you brought up earlier you know when i talk about my father like it's funny when i hear with women say oh a man's supposed to do this a man's supposed to do that no nah, shorty i think i know what a man's supposed to do is i was raised by a man <laughs> <Facts>. <laughs> you know what i mean 
so it's like uh, I, I don't never say anything i'm like oh tri-. like i'm gonna uh, you know, oh, okay. when was, yeah when i was talking yeah. to amber i said amber knows i do this i'm like oh yeah yeah oh okay cool cool mm-hmm. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, uh, uh can i call you back hang up real quick you know what i mean and uh you know, and and some men too. You know, you um, we're not going to talk about our where we worked or, but you know, some men used to that we used to work with, man, um, would say these crazy things about what men supposed to do. You know, men ain't supposed to do. You couldn't even call. You can't as a man. You can't even call another man handsome without it being taken in a homosexual way, which is completely asinine. No I am lie. in no position to ever judge a person by any standpoint of what they do with their life in their life or how they decide to live it if right. you are happy content and 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 essentially satisfied to look yourself in the mirror every morning right, right you better off than most exactly like i know um <laughs> you know and the show isn't about dating but here and there i'll throw some stuff in there about it and i know like you know, a woman will be like, oh, yeah, so, you know, uh, how, do you like women who wear this hair, this type of hair or this type of makeup? I say, look, I want you to do whatever it is that makes you feel secure in yourself. Facts. Because when you're doing things and you're insecure, I've been there. I've dealt with someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't give a damn what you do, what you wear. Just be happy. And be content with who you are. And, um, you know, kind of going back to uh, as far as like, you know, the men can't be emotional thing. um, It's it's very it's and you know, I wasn't raised with a mindset of like that. Like, you know, I wasn't my parents never said, oh, you can't. It it was never none of that. But I kind of, you know, it was like, oh, I can't I can't cry. And I'll never forget, man, I was pledging my fraternity and, um, you know, Throughout the whole process, I was just, you know, the quiet one. I didn't really talk a lot. You know what I mean? You know, I kind of was because I hated it, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds it, like such a great time. Yeah, it sucked. Um, <laughs> So I remember we were all sitting together in this room. It was me, my LBs, and, uh, you know, my dean or whatever. And then, like, my dean is just ripping us a new asshole because, you know, we kind of we messed up about something. So this is towards the end of the process. And like this whole entire time for the last three to four months, I've just been holding everything in. And I remember my uh, relate, my girlfriend at the time, she would always be like, are you all right? Are you going? Like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. And I'm like, damn, I can't let her see me like this. So I remember uh, my Dean was like, da, 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 y'all this, y'all can't, y'all got to get y'all shit together. Man. Da, 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 da. And so he starts going around the room. And Kenny pretty much just like not blasting us individually, but kind of like just holding us accountable. Right. Facts. So he gets to me and he's <laughs> he goes, Spencer, mind you, I'm quiet the whole time. Everybody talking except me. Yeah. And I'm 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 quiet. And then he's Spencer, you this, you that, you, 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 you supposed to be one of the strong ones. And yeah, you don't never say shit. And I remember I just looked at him. And you know how, like, when your face get hot? Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> and we light skin, so face turn yeah. red. Yeah. Then like we lighted in a motherfucker. Shit, Brandon might be lighter to me. Shit. But listen, <laughs> like, nigga, I will kick you in the dick right now. Yeah. <laughs> like and right I'm sitting now. there, lips quivering and all this other shit. And the reason why I was like, I can't let this out because all these men are staring at me, right? And I remember I just go, I can't do this no more. This is so tough. And I I remember I had my head in my lap the whole time because I was so embarrassed. Yeah. And so I'm like, I can't do this. I'm like, God, I look like a straight pussy right now. And I remember I I never forget it. God strike me down from lying. I look up. Every last dude in that room is tearing up everybody and i remember my dean was like see now that's real brotherhood right there that's real brotherhood <laughs> and i was 20 Jesus. um and that was my first time experiencing letting it out yeah. and boy that's how I, my line name was call of duty and that's apparently how i got my line name because every night after that yeah they, my dean said, when the sun went down, you went to war. That's what he said, or whatever. But I just, I was, I was so released. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you know, and that was like the first lesson, first experience I've had. Where, damn man, you really gotta let this shit out. And too many times, men, especially black men, are, you know, we said, told them that they can't cry, and then so they don't cry, they don't be emotional. So what do they do? They, they hurt women. They yep. kill women. They they hurt themselves. They hurt themselves. You know yep. what I mean? Because some dickhead <laughs> or heads <laughs> told, told them, them it wasn't okay. Told them it wasn't okay. And and not even just that. Like I know some incredibly stand up guys. Like I'm talking about incredible fathers, incredible husbands, incredible men. Mm. And I'm like, damn, like yo, you. And I knew that their fathers were in their lives. They're like, yo, your dad. Like he must have really did a you know did a good job. He was like, man, not really. I was mm-hmm. like, what you mean? He was like, bro, I could probably count on one hand how many times my father's hugged me. Mm. And it, I was like, what the? What do you mean like by that? And they was like, yeah, you know, like dad wasn't really about that. So it's not even just the fact of like the the bad emotions of being able to let out the tears and let out the pain. Like sometimes. It's, letting out the good like being like bro i can't imagine not hugging my kids every day i can't imagine not hugging giving them a kiss or you know just wrapping them in my arms or letting them wrap me in in theirs and just letting them feel a bit of safety and shit better yet sometimes them wrapping their arms around me and me feeling safety right because we're emotionally pressed into a place where the only thing we can feel a lot of times is numb that is it. It's just numb. And we I, I love to believe that the generation that we're in now, the the men of this time have found out that that's not the case. That's not what we have to live as. And that's not what we will continue to live as, which hopefully transfers into, um, you know, a a better youth and a better growth. That's why I don't subscribe to this whole alpha male, beta male, red pill, blue pill. I don't give a fuck about none of that. Excuse my language, but I just, <laughs> yeah. I cannot search the to the end of this earth to find that fuck. Right. Because <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. What What is, 
I mean, shit, why are we here? Um, <laughs> what is the blue pill, red pill? So red pill is um, women are only here to use you. They're going to take whatever they can from you. You need to be aware. You need to stay hip. Um, if they don't bring this to the table, then oh, they don't God. need to be around. Um, the blue pill is women can never do anything wrong. It's all our fault. Best way put, it's your uh, Kevin Samuels oh. versus your Derek Jackson. Oh, God. Those two individuals sit on, on both helms of that situation. And it's just like, I swear to God, if both of y'all niggas fell off the face of this earth, I wouldn't have <laughs> <it> twice. <laughs> Yo, I rarely say I loathe anybody. Them two fools right there. Man, I, we're not going to go into that, but. No, um, no, it, it's, it just is what it is. It and is, right. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't give up. I, I don't care what you do. If the life you live is working for you, whether you you work four or five jobs and your wife stays at home and, and she takes care of the kids, or whether you stay at home and take care of the kids and the missus goes out and she's the breadwinner, if you are happy, if you are content, and that that situation works amongst the two of you, that's all that matters. Right. Right. No, I'm saying that, that's why I said earlier that that term man oh, has become right. so frayed. Right. Right. It's it's being pulled apart at the seams because, like you said, they said we now have women telling you how you should how you should man. But if I tell them, it's misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, I'm so sick and tired of those conversations of what do you bring to? Uh, I can't even oh fix my, my lips to say it. Um, I don't know. A lot of people hit hit me up. Goes, oh man, you should do a thing about dating, and I'm like. No, yeah, I don't like a it. podcast about it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need it. no, no, no. Um, I, I remember when I was giving it some thought um, on what this podcast was going to be about. I listened to two, one, two different ones. One was about dating. The other one was about entrepreneurship. Mm. So the one about dating, it was these, it was a couple that was pretty much like telling people why they're single and why they need to stop doing this. And this is why they're single, completely negating the fact that some people are fine exactly where they are. Just because you're alone doesn't mean that you're lonely. Exactly. And just because someone doesn't operate the same way you do does not mean that they're unhappy. You know how that fucking part. narcissistic that is? <laughs> <laughs> like to think that if someone's not, it's you're insane. <laughs> you're insane. Because and you don't it, live the life I live. Yeah. And you're not doing it right. The other yep. one about entrepreneurship, he and as a matter of fact, this guy I wanted to have on my podcast at one point and, uh, you oh, know, wow. very successful guy. But I saw him say something on his social media where he was talking down on people that were working nine to fives. <sighs> yeah. Um, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Because you, some people are fine with punching a clock and, you know, with black folks, uh, elitism and classism Ooh. is really, really bad because I went to this school. You're not as smart as me because I make this much money. You're not as good as I am. You know what I mean? And it just creates this horrible separation, yes. division. Yeah. Destruction. Yeah. And it's like, you know, me and you, you know, you come from where you come from. I come from my, where I come from. 
but in our adult lives, all we want is peace. That's it. That's 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 legitimately that's it. it. And the, and the thing is, I when I look at those circumstances of like, oh man, I you know I, I need this to feel fulfilled, or even in that situation. First of all, there is no job that is better than the next. Right. The person, because the, the, here's the here's the interesting part. You sitting here saying, okay, well, a nine to five, a person who punches a nine to five or punch the clock for a nine to five, like that's a waste of time, whatever the case may be. You realize that person who's punching that nine to five is probably doing something that contributes to the fact of you being able to have the entrepreneurship exactly. that you do have. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I, I'm guaranteed, whether that be the person who is working at the Starbucks getting your coffee, whether that be the person who's detailing your car, whether that be the person who's working as the accountant to make sure your taxes are done so your business is able to keep running. You realize that's a nine to five. <laughs> like, and, and and that's the part that blows me because yeah. I, I had a conversation with, you know, me and Gabe and we were just talking about that. And he was like, daddy, like he saw me give money to just a homeless gentleman. Mm-hmm. And he was like, daddy, I always see you give money. He was like, why? I was like, because at the end of the day, one paycheck, realistically speaking, separates us and them. And most people don't realize that. I'm like, yo, it could be one bad month that could land us in that same exact spot. So you always want to make sure that you can, if you have it to give and you're able to, you do. I don't know how he got there. I I, I don't fully understand. But at the same time, I know if I was there, I would hope to God somebody would look down on me and smile. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many different ways to help one another. You know, another thing that I don't like is, you know, as far as like shaming someone for their job or shaming someone because they're so their relationship status. I don't like when when we don't when say one of like, for example, when voting season, um, when, you know, the Biden, whatever uh, that election was coming by, you know, a lot of people didn't know how the Electoral College worked. Yeah. And just how. I talked about the young, my old mentee with the tie, nobody taught him. And so I saw, so a lot of people going, oh, well, why did, you know, they were just asking questions about, you know, how voting works. Yeah. And um, you had a bunch of black people that were like, how do y'all not know how this works? This is why they make fun of us. Da, 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 blah, blah. Because <sighs> in that same breath, you could again, you could have went, oh, well, hey, this, this is how it works for the most part and it sucks because amongst our people we treat a lot of shit like spades Mm. and i'm about to explain that do you know how to play spades um so um no 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) there is no shame or embarrassment in 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 the conversation between you and i if you sit there and say no i don't i've seen black people play it have you ever asked a black person to teach you how to play spades Oh, I see where you're going. <laughs> I see where you're Bruh, going. asking a black person how to play spades is like asking them, like, yo, how do you stand up? Like, nigga, yeah. what? You don't know how to stand up? Like, <laughs> nah, like, I, I want to, but I want to learn. Like, help me stand up. And they like, right, yeah, I, yeah. you know how I stand up. you like, <laughs> man, fuck it now. I would keep crawling. Like, I don't even want to stand up. I don't even want to stand up. Like, <laughs> you're upset now. Yeah, because, like they, they a lot of black people they treat that shit like spades, and whether that be the fact of like, you know, finances, whether that be the fact of um how to go for different positions, bro. I 
I was working with a few people, especially when I was getting into IT and I was, you know, showing other people how to step into the same field. I'm like, listen, we're going to go through some few interviews and we'll go through some mock training, this and the third. And as I'm going through them, I found myself saying things like, yo, make sure you ask for what you feel as though you deserve. And also at the same time, it can be met in the middle. Of it. I was like, we're working on negotiation tactics because real shit, a lot of us have come, come from a place where we're just told how much we're going to make and we just go. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. We don't think to say, well, can I have this? Because a lot of us are just like, well, I'm just blessed to be here. Right. No, you got to start treating yourself like, yo, you blessed to have me. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's where, like you said, that elitism comes in because it's just like, if you don't know or you weren't shown, the wrong motherfucker not going to ever show you. And, they, <laughs> and they're comfortable to watch you flounder in that water and drown essentially in that space. Right. And that shit sucks. When it, it hurts when it happens, but it burns when it comes from a face that looks like yours. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I've had several situations like that, you know, and it's it's the nobody knew anything before they knew it. You know what I mean? And of course. Of course, I'm not going to I don't, I don't ever talk about the, the, the station I work for, but I am a historian Thanks. at Arlington Cemetery and, you know, all day. Um, I teach people about, you know, the history here and or here, <laughs> the history there. And, you know, people ask questions. Uh, who is this general or who is this person and who is this? And I couldn't never I can never imagine myself going, oh, how do you know? How do you know who that is? <sighs> you know what I mean? And it's just <laughs> like we are we are really bad with that. And it's it's like and with black men, you know, we're 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 supposed to stick. We're, we're supposed to stick together. Supposed Facts. to. We should. Should separates reality and fantasy. Cops Facts. shouldn't kill black people. But, but. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's when you reach out to another brother for help and, oh, what you mean? You don't know how it is. You don't know how that happened. And it's like. This is, this is why I don't. Right. And essentially, that's what goes through your mind. Like, yo, this is why I don't, because it's no different than being in a classroom. And I remember, like, I'm, I'm telling my daughter this now, like, we're working through this. Ask as many questions as you need to, because once the teacher starts now, sometimes stops talking, you won't have that opportunity again. Right. And there was a bit of embarrassment with her because she was like, well, I don't want to ask a dumb question. I had the rest of the kids look at me like, like, yo, how, could, how did you not know this? I was like, at the end of the day, this is why you ask the question. Mm-hmm. So you find it out. But we all grew up with this. Some of us were either blessed enough to come out of it. Some of us were, or some of us just kind of stayed in that space and we kind of waved through it. Yeah. It hurts when you don't feel safety amongst the ones that look like you to sit there and say, yo, teach me how to play spades. <laughs> right. Like that's best way. That's what it's about. Teach me how to play spades without somebody Damn, they're flipping a table. There should be at least one person be like, yo, come on, I'm gonna show you how to do this real quick. It ain't, it ain't that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I um it, again this this concept goes in so many different ways. It goes in professionalism, it goes in romance. I remember um uh I'm not gonna say his name, but me and you both used to work with him and uh really, you know, dope ass dude. And he invited me to his wedding a couple years ago, and I ne- I'll never forget. Um, and I'm saying this because you're married, and so you know what this is. And the, the pastor had said 
the two of them as he was marrying them he goes now starts the day where you become a student of one another (laughs) there there is so much in that statement it is Mm -hmm. almost unreal right because every day you are learning something new about your partner in a way where if you are in it if you are truly in it you crave it because you want to know like, yo, I know you may, uh, I know Ebony, she likes tea before bed. And I, I used to let her kind of rock on that. Like she'll usually like a you know, so like nice little cup of tea. She found out that I knew how to make a mean ass cup of tea where it's not scalding hot right. and you can actually have it immediately because what she'll do is she'll get it. It'll be too hot. She'll sit it down. She'll forget about it. Now it's, it's cold. Oh, right. Bro, I just I just found a time in, in the microwave based on uh you know the amount of water. Yo, this is perfect. You can sip it and be okay. Mm. In that same frame, you you want to learn about your partner because here's the thing: in a marriage, is in a healthy marriage, and one that is you want to see last, you're watching two individuals grow within each other without growing apart right so you have the capability to expand and become yourself your best version of yourself without the other person feeling slighted and a lot of times people keep just sitting there thinking like oh man you know relationships are 50 50 or marriage is 50 50 no it's not it's really not (laughs) it's really not (laughs) (laughs) it's really not because there are going to be some days where you gonna you gonna be at the front of the stage with the microphone, and your partner's gonna be in the back with the tambourine, and then it's gonna be those days where you in the back with the tambourine, and your partner's in front with the microphone. Right. At the end of the day, this is why I stand on the fact of, for those who are close to me, your success I treat it as just as much as my own. I'm gonna do my best to clap the loudest for you. I want to see the best things happen for you because at the end of the day, not only do you deserve it, but it also pushes me forward. We have reached a new topic of this time. You (laughs) talked about this. Uh, No, real quick, man, before I go into that, uh, uh, my parents, um, they're together 40 years this year. Congratulations, man. And uh, I was there a few weeks ago and uh, I was doing something with the dogs and they didn't know I could hear them. And 40 years now, um, (laughs) My mom said, Spencer, do you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I said, no, no, I'm fine. She goes, okay. And so my father was like, oh, I guess if you make it, I'll take one. (laughs) So my mom, you know, whatever. And like I said, they didn't know I heard this conversation. And so all I hear is, what are you doing? And so my mom was like, what? And then he was like, why are you taking the crust off um, your sandwich? And she was like, because I don't like crust on my sandwich. I don't like that. He was like, see, that's what you could get growing up. How you grew up, I, I couldn't afford a donut because I had to eat everything. I had to eat everything. And so he was like, how long have you been doing that? And she was like, I don't, I don't know. I never I don't like crust. And my dad was like, 40 years. I never even knew that. <laughs> see where I'm going with it? You yep. know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so, there's, there's no amount of time on this earth that's going to make you know everything about the person you're with. Shit, there's no amount of time on this earth that's gonna make you know everything about your damn self. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Come on, um and, and and it's funny you say that because being in this new season, I'm learning so much, you know, in my early 30s, I'm learning about what I 
what I will deal with and what I will not deal with. Um, and things Oof. that I will not deal with are things that I used to deal with willingly. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Happily, happily yeah. sad to say. I'm uh, learning a lot about that. But no, as far as um, when you say clapping for success, I think me and you spoke about this before we got on here. Um, and I talked about it on the first episode um, of this joint. And uh, I had said, yeah, when you reach a level of success, a lot of people don't want to see you happy. It is the craziest thing I have heard. I think the one that bothers me the most is when I hear someone say, oh, where they get that confidence from? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's Jesus like, Christ. hold on, bro. Like, you don't know what that person has been through to get to the point in their life where they now do have confidence. Strength. You know, so when you have close people you know, uh, uh, in your life that, you know, when you reach a level of success, you know, man, you be in the gym, you know what I mean? And, you know, um, with men, it's always this and correct me if I'm wrong. What's your, uh, what's your max bench? Uh, last time I checked it, it was, it dropped down. It used to be at four fifty. I think it's sitting around four thirty ish, like maybe four twenty, four thirty ish. Jesus. Um, I should uh, that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't like, do nah, that. It's like, nah. <laughs> so my max now is probably about three thirty. That's incredible. Yeah, man. And um, guess what? Before I couldn't lift three thirty. I couldn't lift two twenty five. You know, before I couldn't lift two twenty five. I couldn't lift a bar at one point. So the point I'm trying to make is like with men, we kind of hate on each other with this because you know we'll see dudes you know lifting and this that and the third and i'm only using working out as an example because me and brandon you know we kind of gym rats um oh he juicing he taking steroids (sighs) (laughs) yep i sure i sure am yeah so it's or like you know when women lose weight or they make a crazy body transformation it's she got surgery she got surgery or this that and the third (sighs) shut your hating ass up (laughs) get your ass up and do what it is you got to do to accomplish what it is that you want to do nobody wants to do that it's like you know uh my mom used to drive me crazy with this uh when we when christmas time we go christmas shopping and uh you know we're looking for a parking space i'd be like yo just pull in a first space you see in the back like no that's too far that's too far and i said mom the time that you're wasting to look for a closer parking space you could have already parked and we could have been hey, inside of the mall. Yeah. So the time that you're using to hate <laughs> and talk shit and not support people that ain't done nothing to you, you could have already put the effort in. Exactly. But that requires that requires accountability. Oh God, not the A word. I, I'm just bruh. <laughs> it's it's crazy because. When I look at when I look at that word, I notice something about that word. That mm-hmm. word has no gender. No, nope. it has no race. It has no age. It has no specific tell to it. But for some strange reason, every person has a capability or the ability to dodge the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. Accountability is something that is a very it's easy, but it's so fucking hard to actually accept. And the way I operate from for whatever I do, 
accountability starts in three stages. Mm. One is the fact of recognizing, all right, this is a problem. This is an issue. Recognizing that this is an issue. This is, I, I fucked up, period. Right, right. I fucked up. Two, from here now, I need to make a reconciliation with whether it be myself, the individual, whatever the case may be, whoever this fuck up occurred in front of or to this assault, I need to make it better. I need to figure out how to let them know, like, oh, I apologize. This is where we are. I apologize. I'm sorry. Three, probably the most vital piece Mm -hmm. is then how to take the best steps forward to not repeat the first fucking one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. And <laughs> it, it's 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 crazy because a lot of people and, and I had to learn that shit too. Like a lot of people just be like, man, I'm sorry. Okay, cool. 40 minutes later, you just did the same shit. Oh <laughs> I'm sorry. Remember that thing? You're doing you're, it again. You're doing that again. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because like, yo, like this is this is where it's at. And even if I'm not mistaken, what is it? In Chinese, it's either Chinese or Japanese culture, when a plate is broken or a piece of uh, um, flatware is broken, they use gold to repair it. Mm. So when they piece it back together, you know, they use gold. You still see the crack, but they've now repaired it with something that is so much more beautiful because the bond hopefully is strengthened. Heavy. Did not but, know that. Yeah, but the thing is, people just want to assume that yo, saying I'm sorry is going to fix the broken plate. Nah, nigga, you got to apply the gold. You have to apply that that, that bond that's going to be there because it's going to be in the back of your mind. It's going to be in the back of some area or some space where this will sit now. Yeah, And you can visually see it. Accountability is a word that has destroyed more relationships, more egos, more careers. You name it, it's torn some shit down. Right. And it's, you know, it's a really bad stereotype for women, especially black women. You know, I mean, you don't subscribe to talking shit about black women. At all. Oh, hell no. Um, hell no. It's a very it's a very bad stigma where it's like, oh, Krypton, uh, accountability is kryptonite to women and black women. That is complete bullshit. That shit is kryptonite to humans. <laughs> Period. Across <laughs> the fucking Board because I don't care who you pray to, who Woo! you fucking. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you put it in both of those situations, you're getting on your knees. Yeah. Uh, it uh, don't I matter. Mean. I have seen everybody of all aspects struggle with accountability. Uh, hell, yeah, shit. I'm probably the president of that former club. You know what I mean? Where everything was everybody's fault. False. But, you know, I remember my father uh, growing up, he used to say, You got an excuse for everything. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I heard that I did. everything I, I, you got mm-hmm. an excuse for. And, you know, I was a kid when he used to say it. I'd be like, no, no, I don't. And now an excuse for the excuse. Yeah, man. Um, Growing up, I my father used to always say that. And, and, and you know, of course, my parents, man, I you know, I, I talk about my father a lot. But of course, my mom is someone to talk about, too. And, you know, um she's just as, a, as, as amazing as my father. So both of them used to put me, you know, up against the wall and being like, oh, you, you have an excuse for everything. And now that I'm older, like I actually find it more relieving to going, oh, damn, my bad. Let me, how is it that, you know, because sometimes, you know, we, 
I, I, you know me, man. I'm a super positive, optimistic person, and 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 I and I stand by this. If you have any issues with me, most likely it's kind of something oh, your fault. You did, yeah. <laughs> like, like I get along with everybody, and but I'm human, and there are things that you know. Sometimes I've said in the past where I don't mean to say, and this, that, and the third, or whatever. So a person, um you know, we'll say, oh, I didn't appreciate that. And, you know, the younger me used to be like, oh, well, I only said it, but like, or I'm sorry I did this, but like, and now you know, like, the, you know, the definition of the word, but in the yes. everything else that was said before it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <sighs> true tales of a narcissistic person, by the way, who does. Oh, facts. Um, so now, hey, I didn't like that shit. My, my fault. Bad. What exactly did I say or what did I do? You know, uh, my father's really good with that, man. I remember um, long, I'm mean, just a short story, but uh, my girlfriend from college, uh, she had a brother uh, that was in prison and I had another brother who unfortunately passed away from AIDS. And, yeah. you know, my father, you know, he, he makes a lot of jokes, man. And, you know, he's a happy go lucky person, always has been. And long story, but he has said something that he really didn't mean, um, but it kind of hurt the person i was with yeah so you know she's she didn't cry right there but in the car she kind of like started crying and you know i told my father about it and he just like melted and you know he goes what's her number and i give him the phone and he calls her and he goes honey i'm sorry i didn't mean to say that da 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 da, da. i truly apologize Blah, 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 you know, and she's like, no, it's fine. I appreciate you calling. That means a lot. And I remember when he hung up the phone, we, I remember exactly in the house where we were sitting. He goes, okay, I'll never bring that up again. And as God's my witness, he never did, you know, and that's where I got accountability. That's, a, that's <laughs> accountability. That's accountability. You that know what I mean? accountability in all forms. So, you know, um, when we do things to each other and we hurt people on accident and it's not out of malice, you know, we don't mean to do it, but, you know, person calls you on your shit. I know the last episode, Amber was saying that um, ain't nobody going to check you faster than the person you in a relationship with. And a lot of. T yeah, right. <laughs> and that was true shit. Whew. Right. And a lot of times, um, you know, we can't you know, we think we're, and you'll never hear me speak on marriage. Hell, that's why I got you on here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Shit, I don't even speak on relationships. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> we definitely fucked up now, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, you know, when she said that, I I was like, damn, yeah, that's some true shit. You know, when you got to be ready to, you know, romantic partner, family, work, whatever, you got to be ready to own up to it. You know, and if you're yeah. not, um, if you're not at that mature place, man, you know, you 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 have a lot of work to do, and that's fine. It's, yeah. a, it's not an overnight process. You know? It takes time. Or, or even said, you start to recognize what friendships you honestly have based on if you know for a fact you did something completely fucked up and the person who calls himself your friend doesn't go, man, nah, that was that was messed up. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you, you were over the line. You were overboard with that. That's not OK. Yeah. Yeah. If they completely back in your bullshit, that's a. That's yeah. not a great thing. I talked about that in the last joint, the fan club. <laughs> the fan club. Real quick, man, before we get out of here, I want to ask you one last question where we've talked about, you've talked about your wife. Um, and for those of y'all who don't know, plenty of nights 
working with Brandon. All this man did is talk about his wife. <laughs> um, so mixing that, the last thing I want to ask you, how has your wife being a black woman dealt with you and your emotional vulnerability? She has championed it. Mm. She has pushed for it. She has been the one allowing me the grace to understand the shit that I didn't even know I needed to understand. She has been my anchor mm. in the midst of me navigating the uh, the unknown unknowns of my emotional journey to become whoever I am still becoming. Yeah. And she she understands like, yo, you life was a little rough, right. but we now have the tools to make it better. And I know for a fact it may take you a little time to come to that point where you're you're even comfortable enough to say, I need the help or I want the help or I just don't want to be this anymore. She doesn't throw it back in my face. Mm-hmm. She doesn't make me feel less than because of it. Um, and at different points in times, she I will find her recognizing it and showing the appreciation just for the fact of like, I appreciate you for taking the effort to do this. I notice you don't do this anymore i noticed that you've made a, a healthy stride to, to 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 do this when we first started off in our relationship my ship i, I was kind of like krakatoa i would see one thing and kind of let it happen and be like all right well whatever it's not that big of a deal and i see something else again that would kind of add on to that and then it was so on and so on it would start to pile up so when i'm finally at my breaking point it could just be like Yo, you left the fork on, on the damn uh on, on on the side of the sink after I just cleaned the kitchen and now I'm exploding about shit that was like three months ago. Right. And it's just like I've come, she was like, where is all this coming from? I'm like, nah, you don't get it. Like you don't fucking see the fork. Like you could put the fork. And then I remember when you said that you knocked over the glass. Like I'm losing my shit. Yeah. And she's sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and because it was like, yo, I, I just th- I used to sit there and think like, ah, it's just it's small shit. Let that small shit go. No, it's little cracks that when the dam finally breaks, everything goes. So I've come to a place where. And you have to have a part of this okay with this too, where I can say, hey, babe, this thing you did the other day uh, kind of it kind of irked me a little bit. Can we not do that again? Yeah. And have your partner not respond with another jab at you from that side. Well, so imagine because I, yeah. or, or will you do this? So like, yeah, and, 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 and also in that same situation, having to eat that too. Yeah. Hey, babe, you did this the other day. I wasn't too much of a fan of, oh, Shit, my fault. Yeah. My genuine, my genuine bad. I, I genuinely didn't mean to. My fault. They're saying it because they love you. Yeah. yeah, and to not come back at you with a tit for tat. Right. It's yeah. It's man. peaceful. It's peaceful. Yeah. I lied. One last thing. <laughs> go <laughs> go for. We gonna make this quick. Gotcha. Given what you've been through, where you come from. What would you say to black men out there right now? Hell, just men in general, but especially black men that are holding in the notion that they can't be, let their emotions out. The day you finally let it all go may be the day that something ends, whether that be your life, whether that be the life of the people around you, whether that be 
anything, the suicide rate for men right now is three and a half times higher for any other inside of black men. It's three and a half times higher than amongst any other race. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's okay to find help. It's okay to feel. It's okay to cry. It's okay to to be in pain. Because at the end of the day, like, how do you know what you don't know if you don't feel? You have to take the managed steps forward to make sure you receive what you need to be able to step into a better space. And there it is, man. I could not agree anymore. Um, Only thing I got to add to that is, fellas, there are so many outlets. Um, Therapy. First and foremost, um, I'm not necessarily going to go into spirituality because I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, therapy is definitely a science. Um, You know, my spirituality and my relationship with God was the first thing. Um, And then uh, the working out. Man, that's just healthy. You don't realize how much a good workout will clear up some shit, bro. It's been times I don't walk into the gym like, oh, I fucking want to. Yeah, I'm gonna hurt something, and you go in that drink and you walk out sore, but there's so much peace. Yeah. You go home, you shower up, and you sleep so much better. It's to the point now where, like, say I'll be like, you know, I'll be in the gym 5 a.m., 5 30, and <clears throat> it'll be shit that may piss me off the night before. Carrying it in there with you, I'll be like, man, fuck. And I'll be like, <laughs> shit, I'll, I'll be all right. I'm going to the gym tomorrow. All right, that's cool. I'll be all right. Like, that's how ingrained it is in my mind at this point. You know, so yes, guys, Brandon, I thank you for doing me the honor of being on here, man. Definitely. Thank uh, you for allowing me. Yes, man, definitely. Might have to do a part two because uh, you know, we got a lot of shit to talk about. Um always over, bro. You were the first dude I've had on here, but of course you will not be the last. Any man that I want to have on here is all about positivity. He is all about um just happiness and i got another boy that i got coming on here uh, a little later in a few weeks my boy justin and i go cycling with and we did 20 miles one day and all of 20 miles he talked about his wife <laughs> you know what i mean and i said damn one day you know what i mean and a uh, really good dude but for the next show man after this one March 14th, I have the one of the sweetest women I have ever met in my life. My friend Tori, uh, we met a few years ago. She has an amazing story. I reached out to her to ask her if she wanted to be on and she's scared to death. Um, but I keep telling her she will be fine and she's going to yeah. talk about, um, you know, her story. I'm not going to necessarily go into it yet. Um, I don't want to, you know. I'm a movie guy. Brandon's a movie guy. We don't like spoilers. But yes, I'm going to have her on the next episode, man. Once again, Brandon, I thank you for being on here. And uh, thank you for having honor. me. Bro. Definitely, man. I hope if we can just help one guy out, one woman out, you know, that one person, Fine. whatever. That's 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 uh we've accomplished the mission. So folks, thank you for joining in this episode of the morally and intellectually ingenuous sometimes disingenuous podcast where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous sometimes disingenuous things such as eating snickers at funerals it was a good snickers (laughs) it was a really good snickers i got like one now 
I player until next time I'm gonna try to get in the gym with you man we gonna lift that 600 pounds oh shit it's gonna be a long day <laughs> Jesus lord I'm with it though alrighty people until next time peace love always